No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Kornheiser is off having a root canal today. And you know what that means? Fill in Frank. Back after this. Is that an official name now, Fill in Frank? <laughs> That's Is it. that your deal? Every Friday. Wow. Say it ten times fast. <laughs> Not you may have to fill in for both of us one day on a Friday. <laughs> no How problem. crazy would that you gotta be? you got to be in town to do it. Where are you? Why are you away? Welcome to PTI with Kornheiser, filled up with Novocaine. It's my pleasure <laughs> to be joined by our great friend from The Athletic, Mr. Frank Isola. Wow. Yeah, look at that. you. Yeah, fill you up with Novocaine. <laughs> we begin with the 3-5 and five Los Angeles Lakers, specifically with Coach Luke Walton, and the impatient cloud that is reportedly already hanging over the team. According to Wolge and Dave McMiniman, Laker boss Magic Johnson has moved away from the patience he was preaching in September, and Walton's future as coach hinges on him turning around a Lakers team that has been particularly deficient defensively. Frank, these guys have been together for less than three months. <laughs> Is it fair to expect Walton or anybody else, for that matter, to have the Lakers humming at the beginning of November? Yeah, and let's remember, Brandon Ingram had missed four games, suspended. Rajon Rondo suspended three games. You know what, Mike? I have to be honest with you, though. I think it all goes back to June 30th when Magic showed up at LeBron's house and Luke Walton wasn't there. Then LeBron met with half of Hollywood, Leonardo DiCaprio, Al Pacino, didn't meet with Luke Walton. You talk to people around the league, Michael... Everyone thought at that time Luke Walton could be in a lot of trouble. You can't tell me that right now you're surprised by this story. Um, no, I'm not. The, only, the part I'm surprised about is this. Not that there's pressure on Luke Walton, as you point out, Frank. I'm not surprised at that. But I'm a little surprised, a little, about the impatience. Because they know, nobody knows better than Magic that there's no patience ever as it pertains That's to the right. Lakers. Because Magic had to play through that. He had a short stint as coach in that he came back and played through that there's no patience people want them to win 65 games in the title every year but it's not realistic when lebron shows up and you have a complete remake of that team in the most dramatic way possible i don't see how defensively when they barely know each other that they could be any good at that end of the basketball floor until christmas i didn't think the story was very flattering for Magic, it made him seem like, you know, they said he's volatile, you know, behind closed doors. And here's my thing, too, Michael, about LeBron with the slow start. When you talk about getting off to a slow start when you're playing for Miami or when he went back to Cleveland, think about the teammates he's had. He does not have that kind of defined second superstar that's right. playing alongside. I think that's one of the biggest problems. It's, and you knew they were going to get off to a slow start. You're yes. in the Western Conference. What did you expect? You're in the Western Conference, which I think, Frank, is even better than we all anticipated. And those guys have to sort of emerge. We've seen Kuzma up and down. We've seen Ingram, well, a lot of down. So they got to figure out what they got. And you don't do it by November 3rd or whatever this is. All right, really quickly. If they were to do something with Luke, Brian Shaw, former Laker, former NBA head coach, he's on the bench, you yeah. promote him? You're going to bring Derek Fisher? And what are you going to do? I, my mind goes to Brian Shaw. Are you going to say T. Lou? You know there are going to be some people out there that say T. T. Lou as well. Yeah. All right. The Lakers are in trouble, but let's get to a real train wreck. And if it isn't rock bottom for John Gruden and the Raiders, Woo. it has to be pretty close. On Thursday, the 49ers humiliated the silver and black 34-3 to behind Nick Mullins. 
not Chris Mullen, Mike, <laughs> Nick Mullins, who became the first Niners quarterback to throw three touchdown passes in his debut. All right, Michael, what's the biggest story, the impressive performance of Nick Mullins or the terrible performance of the Raiders? I got to say, Frank, because I was watching that unfold last night, I kept looking at the Raiders to see if there were signs of having quit. And there are 49ers players that were quoted yeah. as being on the field with them thinking, oh, yeah, they quit and they quit early. They weren't pursuing. They weren't doing anything at full speed. I thought in real time it was the worst I've ever seen the Raiders look in my entire life of watching pro football. Can't imagine the Raiders looking this bad. And I don't know what gets them turned around. Don't tell me you just pile up a bunch of draft picks and they're automatically going to respond sooner or later. I'm not buying that. Let's give you a couple of things about Nick Mullins. You know, well, who am I? Undrafted free agent out of Southern Miss broke all of Brett Favre's uh, passing records there, by the way. He becomes only Fran Tarkenton, Jim Kelly, and Nick Mullins, the only quarterbacks in their pro debut to throw for at least 250 yards, three TDs, no interceptions. All right, that's the story. Flawless. He, that's he was flawless. Unbelievable. Not even Joe Montana did that. But to me, this is about the Raiders. I'm going to say this about Oakland. You and I, we remember the Raiders, Ken Stabler, the pass to Clarence Davis, Dave Casper, and, you know, in Baltimore catching the pass. Goes and over to the post. You know, Marcus Allen, Jim Plunkett, even Rich Gannett. Here's what kills me about the Raiders. Everyone talks about this franchise. Just because you say commitment to excellence doesn't mean you've actually lived doesn't by that. Doesn't mean it's there. They haven't won a playoff game since 2003. They've only made the playoffs once since, once since then. But Frank, it's they're the promise about the, like of the once Steelers. you do it 100 years ago, I guess people believe. They believe in Las Vegas. Are they still building that stadium or they stopped construction on that <laughs> I, I think they're pouring the concrete as we speak, Michael. How about that? Unbelievable how bad Complete they are. Complete mess. Let's go from the ridiculous to the sublime, Frank. Alabama versus LSU is a little more than 24 hours away. And while PTI is usually loath to have a pregame soundbite from a coach, particularly this coach, we need to hear what Nick Saban said when asked if his team would elect to kick or defer if they win tomorrow's coin toss. Well, to be honest with you, um, um, you know, I hope we elect to kick ass is what I hope we do. But um, <laughs> Frank, uh, you think Alabama's going to do that? Well, it's, it's going to be a tough game. They are a 14-point favorite, however. I think, to me, this is Nick Saban, and it goes kind of in the Pat Riley playbook, Bill Parcells, even your guy Michael Jordan, coming up with things to motivate you. He knows he has a great team. We know it. His players do. So he's got to come up with some motivation going into a place like Death Valley. And we do know this. Even if they lose, they'll probably still make the playoff anyway. It's just a way to motivate a young group of players who everyone, including you, keep telling them how great they are. I don't disagree with that, Frank. But I wonder what it might do to LSU. I mean, you look at this. I, mean, I look, and I understand that Saban's moves are all calculated. They're, you know, it's like Belichick. I mean, he knew exactly what he was. There was a pause as he was considering saying it, you knew he might say it when he walked in the room. He thought he might say something like that. And he paused just to have an effect, and he did it, and it's great for the hype. But if I'm LSU, and I have the pride and the history that I have in my school, and I come out in that stadium, which I think is the most difficult place for an opposing team to play in America, then I'm going to be motivated just as much you, by what Nick Saban are you, said are you as picking his time. LSU. Are you picking LSU to win this game? If I had to pick, and I'm not a gambler, I'd go 50.5% for LSU. Yeah. Narrowly, narrowly, narrowly. What about you? 
I think Alabama's going to win. A couple of things about Alabama. They've scored at least 50 points in six of their eight games. This is what I love, too. Everyone talks about the young quarterback, Tua. He walked on to the national championship game at halftime. No nerves. And they were losing. No nerves. So yeah, him no going nerves. into Death Valley, I get it. It's on the road. But you know, this kid has 25 touchdowns, zero interceptions. You know He's phrase, the runaway Heisman winner so This far. is why we play the games. One thing I loved about covering college sports even more than pro sports was the possibility of the upset. Yeah. And I think there's a real yeah. possibility of one in Baton Rouge. It's the game of the century until next week's game of the century. <laughs> All right. Kyrie Irving is playing like the Kyrie of old since getting that fresh haircut a few days ago when suddenly the Boston Celtics, they look like the best team in the East. Boston beat the previously unbeaten Milwaukee Bucks on Thursday by making a franchise record 24 three-pointers. That's one shy of the NBA record that, it, uh, that Cleveland set last year. Kyrie had six of them, scored 28 points after a two-and-two start. Boston has now won four straight. So, Michael, do you think they've turned the corner? Not yet. And they don't need Not to yet. turn the corner. They don't even want to turn the corner until, like, February 1st. It's way too early for that. I know they've had several games now, like I think three in a row, where the offense is what you'd expect after the first four or five games, and they were dead last or next to last in scoring in the NBA. They don't need to get off to a great start. The Boston Celtics need to understand who it is that they are, have the rotations that that coaching staff and those players are comfortable with. Jalen Brown, is it possible he could be the sixth man in that old McHale uh, a half Maybe. a check, you know, sort of fashion. I Look, I think they're the best team in the East, but turning corners, they don't even talk about that until we get to after New Year's. You know, last year at this time, Kyrie got off to the unbelievable start. So did Boston. People were talking about MVP after two weeks of the season. His last two games, Michael, 20 of 36, 10 of 19 on threes. He's been great. 31 points and 28 points. But to me, the big thing last night, Gordon Hayward scored 18 points. That's the most he's scored since May of 2017. Obviously, he didn't play last season. Well, Gordon and, Hayward hit those early shots. Yep. That's when we got a glimpse of what the but, Celtics are really going to look like. But he's talked about still feeling some soreness. And you can tell the confidence isn't there just yet. So I'm willing to hold off on Gordon Hayward and the Celtics until probably game 41. We know they're one of the top three teams in the East. Absolutely. And I'll, and I'll tell you another team who's top three. I'm putting Milwaukee ahead of Philadelphia in the Eastern I agree. Conference. They're better than the Philadelphia 76ers. Look, the two teams I thought would take a little backslide were the Sixers that's and right. the Rockets. And that's what it's looked like so far. And I, you know, listen, if Antetokounmpo, I don't know if you can continue this all season. If he does continue it all season, he is at the top line of the MVP race. But I put Kawhi ahead of him. And here's my thing, too, about Antetokounmpo. Needs to become a little bit better at closing out games. Missed a big free throw, missed a shot close to the rim. Those are the plays you're going to have to start making. But he's going to be an MVP sooner than later. All right, we're going to take a break. We're coming up, will unbeaten Notre Dame go down tomorrow in Evanston? Where? We're going to ask David Pollack. We'll also ask him whether Benny Snell and Kentucky, the football team I'm talking about, should be the underdog at home against Georgia. Big games in Evanston Ooh. and Lexington. Are give you me, kidding me? Give me some A-list names in Evanston tomorrow besides you. Maybe Julia louis Drive. Ever been knocked down? You know, suffered a setback, fired, left out. It happens. It happened to Mike Bloomberg. Middle-class kid, worked his way through college, got a job, started a family. Boom. Fired at 39. What did Mike do? What a lot of us do. We got back up, dove back in. He had an idea, design a new computer able to crunch data and process information in a unique way. He built it, he sold it, he built more, he sold more. 
He built a team. He built a company, created 20,000 jobs. Bloomberg is a doer. This is Michael Douglas. I played a president in movies. This is real world. This is our world. Mike Bloomberg has what it takes to win. Unite the country, find some common ground between Democrats and Republicans, and then lead the way a leader should. Mike will get it done. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. It's the biggest college football weekend of the year, so we need to bring in our good friend, college game day analyst, David Pollack, down in the bayou. And we're going to start, of course, David, with that game. Number one, Alabama traveling to number three, LSU. Alabama favored by 14, which is a lot. Do you see a runaway? I mean, do you see an Alabama beatdown tomorrow night? Favored by 14 on the road in one of the toughest atmospheres in the country against the number three team in the nation. But besides that, Alabama's not any good. I mean, I think that is a great indication of how dominant Alabama is. And listen, it doesn't get any easier for LSU either. Devin White, I think their best defensive football player, suspended for the first half. So, listen, when it boils down to it and we start looking, LSU's offense is is somewhat balanced but not dynamic at at all. Alabama's offense is getting everything they want. Obviously, LSU's defense is great. In a world that we think about it, can can LSU get over 21? Maybe, but they're going to hover around that point. Can you hold Alabama under 27, under 28? I don't think so. Their scoring average in the first quarter is 21 alone, so it's best first best. You know, one of the best offenses worth one of the best defenses, but Alabama and Tua, until otherwise, they haven't been beaten. He hasn't thrown an interception. I will have to roll with the time. All right, David, I'm going to bite on this one. Let's say best case scenario for LSU they win the game down in Baton Rouge. What happens to Alabama? Okay. You still expect them to be in the playoff, even if they lose tomorrow night. Yeah, I actually think it might make it even easier. It might be a scenario where it was last year, where Alabama was sitting out and Auburn had to go play Georgia in the SEC championship game, and then Alabama still got in the national championship running and took care of Clemson and then took care of Georgia to be a national champion. I mean... I think the committee has shown you one thing so far. The, the eye test is bigger than it's been in years past. At this point last year, Georgia was number one because of their resume. Uh, the teams that were ranked were ranked above other people that you might have thought was better because of resume. Right now, they're looking at Alabama. They're saying they haven't played much of anything so far. They're the best team in the country, and they got them at one. I think all those people that are out there going, I can't wait to see Bama lose – you might want to pump the brakes because if you're trying to get your team in the college football playoff, if they're a one-loss team, LSU now might be taking that other spot, and they might be getting a spot too. So that might hold you out of the dance. So I think the cheering against Alabama this week, I think you might want to, might want to pump the brakes if you're one of those teams that are trying to get in. Um, let's look at another big SEC matchup. Number six, Georgia at number nine, Kentucky. Just at Kentucky and calling it a big matchup is not something we have. David, people down there in Lexington are saying, oh, we're no longer a basketball school, <laughs> which I would doubt and dispute. Yep. But they're also saying we're not an underdog. Do, do you not see Kentucky as an underdog tomorrow? Oh, no, they're an underdog. Um, they're at home, obviously, so that, that gives them a, a really good chance to win. And listen, if you're not watching Kentucky's defense, they're the only team in the country who hasn't given up over 20 points in a ball game. 
Joe Allen is is the best edge defender in college football. He rushes the passer like a maniac. Absolutely dynamic. There's other guys, too, on this defense across the board that can get after the passer. They got a good secondary. Their defense is going to give you all you can handle. And listen, here's the thing with Kentucky. If you're watching Kentucky, you buy into, you buy into Snell. You, you absolutely, Benny Snell, one of the best backs in the country. He's tough. He's dynamic. They want to run the football. If you're watching them on tape and watching them throw the football, it's a painful experiment. Now, listen, they made a play down the stretch against Missouri, and kudos um, to Conrad catching the ball and Terry Wilson throwing it. But they're a very one-dimensional offense. They can win one style, and that's Kentucky play exceptional defense, keep the game low scoring, and find a way to win in the end like they've done so many times this season. But I think Georgia starting to play better defensively, starting to find guys like Jordan Davis in there now that a true freshman that's playing a lot of minutes at nose tackle. I think they're starting to find themselves. And if Fromm plays like he did last week, this game won't be competitive. So it's going to be the key will be Jake Fromm. All right. They do play football in other parts of the country. We're going to have number 14, Michigan. I'm sorry, number 14, Penn State at number five, Michigan. David, you see a scenario where Michigan can potentially play their way into the top four. Absolutely. Michigan runs the table. They're in the top four, and it starts this week in a good situation for them. And I say that because Penn State has had one game after another, after another, after another. Tough games now, physical games. Michigan coming off a bye, probably as healthy as they've been. That defense is is legit for Michigan, is, is so good. I think Penn State can keep this close. If you remember this game a year ago, it was a beatdown. And Penn State's offense was humming like crazy. Michigan couldn't get anything going. I think if McSorley's healthy, the way they run the football with the quarterback, they can get that advantage and have some plays. If you go back to the Michigan game, Michigan struggled mightily with Brandon Winbush as a quarterback. Trace McSorley, same type of ability to make you miss and make big plays running. He's just a better thrower of the football. So I think you're looking for if Penn State's going to win, they're going to have to score some points. But um, I think Penn State's just ran a terribly, terrible gauntlet right now, and Michigan rested. This is their chance. Michigan, can we believe in you? I mean, that we've seen them every single year. A lot of hype the last couple years. Hadn't been able to beat their rival. Already took care of Michigan State. Can they take care of Penn State and Ohio State? If they do, I think they'll be in the college football playoff. David, I'm sitting about nine miles from the only place I want to be tomorrow on big college football Saturday. And that's close to Evanston, Illinois, where Northwestern is going to host on campus Notre Dame. Um, any yep. part of you smelling upset? Yes, yes, Whoa. I am with you. I am believing, and, it, and it's not just because I'm on your show, and this is, <laughs> you know, one of the greatest shows there is. I'm, that's not that's not the only reason why. I think Northwestern has shown you that. They can play with Michigan. They blow a 17 nothing lead against Michigan. They've beaten Wisconsin. Clayton Thorson looks healthier to me. You know what else, Mike? And you're following this. They're actually protecting his butt now. For goodness sakes, he was getting the crud kicked at him the first part of the season. Now they're starting to give him a little bit of protection. Last week, Bowers got over 100 yards, running the football a little bit more effectively. I think their defense is, is physical enough to give Notre Dame some fits. And here's the thing with Notre Dame. I believe in Notre Dame. I think they're a really good team. I don't think they're a great team yet. Last week, what did they do? All the way across the country to San Diego. Now they got to go on the road again. That body clock, a lot of believers. I think I think uh, Northwestern can can keep it close. Can they make enough plays somehow, some way? It hadn't been pretty against Wisconsin and others, but they found a way to win ball games. And Clayton, Clayton Thorson has made big plays. You could tell he's healthier now towards the later part of the mid mid part of the season. He is healthier indeed. And by the way, we've beaten Notre Dame twice in a row, we. including South Bend. Thank you, David. We appreciate it. Have fun in Baton Rouge tomorrow. Appreciate it, guys. Always good to be on.
Thanks, David. College game day starts tomorrow at 9 Eastern on ESPN. Let's take one last break, but still to come. Are the Saints the team that will hand the Rams their first loss? And could the Cleveland Indians really trade Corey Kluber? Indians making big moves. You told me to come to Washington or doing? else I would be there. Where's your purple? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Pardon the interruption is brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Time to get happy, people. Happy 66th birthday, Scott Boris. He's been the most powerful player representative in baseball for decades. He manages nearly $2 billion worth of active MLB contracts. Since 2013, Forbes magazine has named Boris the most powerful sports agent in the world. And if you think Boris is resting on his laurels, consider he represents Bryce Harper, probably the most sought-after free agent this offseason. You know, Yankees owner Hal Steinbrenner said they need to win the division. Uh-oh. I think that means Bryce Harper. Uh-oh, in pinstripes, so? baby. Happy anniversary, Byron Leftwich. I know you people think I'm going to cite the Cubs for winning the World Series two years ago today. Wrong. On this day, 16 years ago, while playing at Marshall, his lineman carried him to the line of scrimmage so he could continue to play on a broken shin in an attempt to rally the team against Akron. Fans of Leftwich, and I've been one since he was 12 years old, are hoping his smarts and toughness rub off on the Arizona Cardinals offense, which he now coordinates. Still got that baby face. He's going to be a head coach in the league, Michael, sooner than later. I'm happy for him and rooting for him. Happy trails to Corey Kluber. Buster All News reporting that the Indians will keep shortstop Francisco Lindor and MVP candidate Jose Ramirez, but will listen to trade offers for some of their other vets, including Kluber. Frank Cleveland has averaged 96 wins over the past three seasons, and we're in extras of Game 7 of the World Series just two years ago. Do you get this? No, I don't understand it. You need pitching. They need to resign him. One omission, Clayton Kershaw is going to get one extra year with the Dodgers, bringing it to a total of three years, 93 mil. That's a good deal, right, Frank? Absolutely. You know, I think for three years, it's worth keeping him for three, not four, Running not out of show. we got to get to the big finish. Kevin Love had surgery on his toe. His dad will be updated in six weeks. Your thoughts? We may not see Kevin Love again this season. The Cubs picked up Cole Hamill's $20 million option. What do you expect from him next season? 15 wins. Joel Embiid at 41 and 13 in the win over the Clips. Is that significant? Yeah, it was also significant. They were chaining MVP. Timberwolves Warriors tonight. What do you got? A big game from Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose. Flashback. There you go. Last one. Rams, Saints, Packers, Patriots this weekend. Who are you taking? The home team. Saints, Patriots. It's a big right. weekend of football, Absolutely. Frank. Big Sunday night game. We're out of time. Thanks for watching. I'm Frank Isola. And I'm Mike Wilbon. Have a great weekend, knuckleheads. You can get the podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. Northwestern 20.